On this week's episode of the Games Beat Decides podcast, we kill Sean Bean, Pokemon Let's Go is actually good, and yes, it's true, this Xbox has no disc. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It is the podcast where we decide everything happening in the world of video games, so you don't have to think for yourself. Uh, I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Spike Minotti. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey indeed. Hey. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to have some news, we're going to have some games. Uh, it was a short turnaround this week, because Thanksgiving's coming up, and we're recording on Wednesday. If you are listening to this on Thanksgiving Day, stop and go talk to your family. If you're listening to this, li- listening to this on Friday, stop and go consume. Uh, and yeah, I, I, we're going to get into the show real quick here. First, though, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Um, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at gamespluspodcast at venturebeat.com uh, or get us on Twitter at gamesbeat or at gbdecides. Uh, if you're watching on, or if you're listening, if you're listening to this on the website, uh, there is a, a, a subscription version you can always get on Apple podcasts, Google play stitcher. Uh, we also have an RSS feed. The link should be right there in the story. If you like the show rate us on Apple podcasts, because it helps other people find it. Um, yeah. And I think we can kind of get right into it. Mike, how you been? Well, you know, fine. Ready for the holiday. Ready to Me get too. away from you. Yeah, stuff, God, I can't just. It's like it's gonna be nice to just like go someplace where Mike is not. Yeah, it's just dude, gonna, it'll be terrific. Yeah, um, you, you got uh, you just gonna be with the family tomorrow? No, actually, I'm being going to a friend's house tomorrow. Like my family is doing all these different weird things to accommodate my brothers who have to like go see their in laws. So like, right, right, <laughs> neither, right, neither of them are actually having Thanksgiving tomorrow. <laughs> so I was like, I had to play the poor like orphan boy, and my friend like, can I come <laughs> to your house? Friendsgiving, please. Oh, no, I'm not calling it that. You're not, Freaking, okay, good. Yeah, I, don't like, I don't like that either. I don't like that either. Because it's like, you can have a Thanksgiving, like, it's just, it's just Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, there's, you can the have a Thanksgiving with your friends, there. but... Yeah, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm right there with you, Mike. Um, yeah, I am not traveling, staying home, and doing it here. Looking forward to it. I'm going to get the turkey going. We're going to make some pies three? tonight. Yeah, just us three. Yeah. Uh, Very nice. Gotta be, I gotta be honest. Maybe I should I come like over it. there. Give me a point to yeah. I'll be there. It's, yeah, it's an easy Denver. travel day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be here in no time. Um, like, yeah. The, the the Just get to the airport, you know, a little bit early, like six, seven hours early. Yeah, you should be <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, like I said, it was a quick turnaround, but I know we both have been playing a few things. Why don't we start with, with you, Mike? Just kind of tell us what you've been into. Well, I, I finally started Pokemon Let's Go. Let's go Eevee, to be precise. Mike, and, uh, Mike here's my problem. Yeah, I want. I think I want to play this game. Here, here's the thing, Jeff. I don't hate it. Oh, I man. thought I was going to despise this game. I thought I was going to get so mad. I actually kind of like it. I think I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm only about a couple hours in, but like all the thing. Like so, I, my problem. Was I can't. Like, no the, one hates it. Everyone no hates it, and I thought I would. Yeah. Everyone's like either like really enjoying it, or they're like, yeah, no, this is like it's super easy and it's fun. It's sort of just like a chill out game that I'm having a good time with. No one is like, Oh, here are the problems with it. And here's why no one should play this. And it's kind of getting to me. Right. It's like, 
So Pokemon like Sun and Moon was kind of a turning point for me. Like maybe I'm just I don't know something something's off here. And I guess I thought that uh, maybe like Pokemon just wasn't like difficult enough or like challenging right. me. And like Pokemon's Go showing me maybe the problem was just all of this kind of like fat that has been added onto the series through the years like the feature creep you know where you can like you know take your pokemon to a design show and you can have them hold an item and give them a z attack right. move and uh you know like all these different things like the, like the first five hours of pokemon sun and moon is just like a long tutorial first off it's way too like much story which doesn't matter. And then, like, every two seconds, it's like, let me explain you how this system works. Here's mm -hmm. how this system works. Like, it was so nice that, like, within, you know, like, 30 minutes, I was basically just playing Pokemon in this game. Like, you know, probably shorter than that. It gets going uh, pretty fast. And it is cool to have a Pokemon game that looks real nice. Uh, like, it just looks like, you know, some kind of console RPG. The graphics are, like, it's cool how it looks cartoony without, like, necessarily doing the same old tricks of, like, cell shading or something. Like, there's right. this quality to it that I don't even know how to describe, but it looks nice. And, like, you know, the camera can do fun tricks. Uh, there's cutscenes and things, you know? And it's adorable, you know? I I'm not above yeah. it. Uh, Evie's cute, and I like cute. him. He's my friend. He has <laughs> like, very early on, somebody gave me a hat to put on my Eevee, and now I want to get all the hats I can possibly yeah. get for my Eevee. And <sighs> so, you know... Catching Pokemon, like, in the Pokemon Let's Go style instead of, um, like, a, a traditional battle thing. You know, I don't think it's better. I'll tell you what I do like about it. It's a lot faster. You don't have to, yeah, like, worry not... about the random battles. Yeah, the random, like, taking out the random battles was really one of the things. It's like, oh, wait, that sounds really appealing now. Like, that, like I like a lot of this stuff happening in Pokemon. Taking out the random battles is, is great. And it's not like there's no randomization to it because they still appear they on the overall map. So there is still and that's, kind of that's like the, the random part. Well, it's cool because like, you can still kind of hunt for a specific Pokemon, but you don't have to like engage with the ones you don't want. And in fact, right. like this absolutely needs to be kind of how it works oh, yeah. in the next Pokemon game. Like, like Pokemon should still spawn in grass, but they should spawn and you can like go after them if you want to or not. Right. And it makes, it make, it makes total sense and it doesn't seem like... It, it's not like it doesn't take anything away. It seems like a big, big improvement. It's right. like, and this is like uh, the way that, like, it's just a better use of player's time. Mm -hmm. And to be clear, like, this is still a simpler game. Like, it, like the actual battles, um, it, I can sometimes feel a little monotonous when you're just, like, going after trainer after trainer. Because, I mean, like, the Pokemon games already sometimes had that problem where it's like the one Pokemon rule them all. You get your starter Pokemon. And you can kind of, like, if you wanted to, you can kind of just push that thing and use that, except when, like, you're going against, like, a very hard, like, counter to it. Like, if you have Bulbasaur, maybe you don't want him to fight uh, the fire trainer. <laughs> but, I mean, so far on this one, I have not switched off my Eevee. It's just right, all Eevee all the time. Use your quick attack or whatever, and, you know, I'll kill people. It's not a super engaging battle system to just keep it selecting, like, the same attack button for a while. Now, maybe that, you know, and it, and it does get a little bit more complicated in Pokemon. I, I don't know how much more complicated it's going to get here, but it, it don't, right. doesn't I gonna, matter. I was going to say, like, is it, is it just simpler because it's the battles are overall easier, or is it just like... It's hard to say that right now. I mean, part of it, pardon me, part of it is that like, Pokemon has always kind of been like that. I mean, the right. fights are just kind of, you know, pick your attack. Like, they'll give you things like, use this attack to weaken your enemy's uh, defense. Like, why don't I just hit them instead? Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, this game's much it's it almost seems more so about actually collecting them all. Like when I played like Pokemon Red and Blue back in the day, like my objective was uh I got to get the gym badges and 
you know, beat the Elite Four. And that stuff's still there, but, like, more so than ever, I feel like my objective really is catch all the different Pokemon. I'm going to, you know, get all 151 or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and it feels... um. It, it seems like the way that they just set up everything, it really is, uh, that feels more possible than, than it has in a long time. Just, I mean, cause they have, they are limiting it to the one, the 151, um, Best ones. Wait, yeah. Let me ask, did you get the pokeball thing? The poke, pokeball controller? No. So Jason, uh, our editor, he got both of them sent in from Nintendo for his review and he just sent me over the EV one. So I didn't get that pokeball thing. I have no interest in it though. Especially, right, but that's the only way you can get button. Mew, so you can only get 150 unless you get that thing. I guess, you, could you I, could you? I'm pretty sure my ones? brother bought the game and I could just borrow his or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you have to. Why do you need Mew yeah. for that? I don't know. That's the only way to get it, though, apparently. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, so, well, well, okay, well, let's, let's be clear. That's fucked up. Like, no, no doubt that's lame that they are locking a Pokemon behind this uh, peripheral. But, uh, well, I don't think I think normally you can you even buy the game without the peripheral. I think it almost always comes with it. Like, I'm oh, like, does it? You know, okay, maybe not. I, I, I think well, I'm no, just in a weird digitally. situation. You could buy it. Uh, well, if you buy it digitally, then and it's sixty dollars. Yeah. It's sixty dollars on the eShop, man. So yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think you definitely Weird. can buy it without that. Um, so and it's like and that thing is like you know it's like a what, like a thirty dollar thing for it's, I mean, it's kind of annoying because like you could tell that the game. Like, it's not using all the buttons it should. Like, there's not a button just to open the map because they're obsessed with making sure the game could be played on that Pokeball. Which is still weird. Like, you think you could just, like, still assign a button to open the map. Like, say you have to open up your inventory. You have to open up the option screen, open up the inventory, then, like, go into, like, the key items bag, and then you can look at the map. I'm like, all right. Right. Yeah, Nintendo's um, getting bad about that stuff. Like, uh, there's a lot of uh, backlash against Nintendo right now for like how bad their games are in terms of accessibility, just because they're obsessed with these like really bespoke control systems a lot of times. And it's like Nintendo people don't all have the same capabilities with their hands, and you're being kind of uh, um, mean to them. Yeah, ableist. Yeah, without a doubt, for sure. And they're they're, you know they're just being exclusionary for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, Yeah, it's like it just seems to be something that they don't even remotely think about. They don't, yeah. I mean, you're yeah, just obviously. requiring, like, even, you can push the button to throw the, the the ball normally, but you still have to, like, use the gyros controls to, like, aim it and stuff like that, and it's exactly. almost, you know, it's not, it's it's completely unnecessary. They could have figured out some kind of other way to do that. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I don't, I, I still think, like, in the core Pokemon game, I want to get into battles with Pokemon and catch them that way. I think that's more fun than just timing a ball throw at them, but it also kind of works for this because it does make the experience so much faster and, you know, I can totally see how it kind of will help some people get into the series that hasn't. It also helps that, you know, I am completely nostalgic for Pokemon Red and Blue. Like, I played those games right, right when they came out. I was 12. Right. It was, like, so, you know, it was one of, like, the most fun initial playthroughs of a video game I ever had. It totally felt like this big adventure and, like, what are Pokemon? What does this Pokemon do? In a way that, like, the series can almost never be that interesting again because it was all right. so new. But it is nostalgic. Oh, hey, look, I'm in, you know this place i was i remember being here when i was 12 and hey it's that guy he's still you know talking about shorts <laughs> you know it's fine are you um playing on the tv at all not yet no i've been i mean gosh I, as is pretty much always the case my switch i've been playing mostly in hand yeah no it's but I I, get, you, you were talking about how good it looks and i was just wondering if you'd like to try it on like on, a, on a right TV. there are some times where performance seems to take a hit like there are <laughs> dropped frames which is kind of odd because it doesn't seem like a very intense game but Right, I, I, don't know. I that to me that just strikes me as game freak not being great at optimization. That's like they're like, oh, we're just gonna make this Pokemon game for the 3DS and not even try the 3D because we need all the extra horsepower we can get to barely. Oh get yeah, that's run, right. So. 
that's weird. that's their whole thing. Um, yeah, I it, I guess it, it's rough because you almost want this game to be bad because there's so many things to play right now. Oh yeah, totally. That's exactly where I was. Yeah, I'm like I was well, I, you know, and I was assuming like I could safely ignore this game. You know, it's going to be. You know, it's the kid version of Pokemon, like the very young, young child version of Pokemon. And they even said the real one's coming next year. So, like, that means I could safely s- skip this one, even as someone who's, like, occasionally going to enjoy a Pokemon game, but is okay skipping most of them. And it's just, like, I don't know, something about this is starting to really uh, wear me down and be like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, if it was $40, I would have bought it. But, man, $60, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, this is the $60 Pokemon. This is where it begins. It is weird that um, it is, yeah, more expensive than any Pokemon game has ever been. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, it's the like, main yeah. ones. Yeah. If yeah. this is right. a main one. I mean, I guess it's that weird thing. Like, how much did Pokemon Snap cost in the day? Like, that probably cost more than just buying Pokemon Gold, right? Right. Like, yeah. Clearly, oh, Pokemon yeah, Gold sure. is, like, the bigger, better game. It just wasn't for Intel 64. I don't know. There's no such thing as a better game than Pokemon Snap, Mike. Let's be <laughs> crazy. Forgive <laughs> me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to see. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait and see how you're feeling next week. If you're still into it, if you like, were like, man, that was a really good thing over Thanksgiving weekend and into the next week, and I had a, like, a really fulfilling experience through the, throughout the entire thing, I'm probably going to end up picking it up. So I'll check in with you next week. Um, anything else that you've been playing, or has it just mostly been Pokemon so far? I mean, it's been that and just a smattering of the usuals, your Overwatches, your... Uh, Diablo now, I bet. Can, can I get, actually, just, let, let's, I want to take your temperature on Overwatch well, real quick. How, oh. how is it, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, I mean, so, it was interesting because Seagull, who's kind of their most, you know, famous Yeah, sort of I streamer. saw this thing when I was going, when I was prepping the show, I saw this video, it was like, it had like the downward trending arrow for the game. And, and it's, like, you know, oh. it's, Seagull's usually kind of Mr. Sunshine and Rainbow, so it's kind of interesting that, you know, he made this video. I think um, a lot of people are annoyed at, uh, so the, the last few characters they introduced before this new one, Ash, have been very non-traditional FPS characters, right? Like, they're they're very MOBA-y. Uh, they do a lot of melee things. They have, like, a lot of stun and CC. And I think a lot of people are kind of feeling like the game's getting too far away from just being a shooter. And obviously, being kind of a MOBA is always the point, but it, it almost seems like a lot of times you're, like, at disadvantage if you just want to play the character who can shoot people with guns, because then, like, Doomfist is going to come in and just, like, punch you and kill you in one shot, or, you know, Bridget's going to come in, bash you with her, your shield, and then you're stunned for, like, two seconds while everyone else just kills you. So, I think there's definitely some, there's some tweaking there, and, I mean, he was bringing up some other things, like, maybe, maybe the ultimates are just too strong in general, and it, the game just feels... It feels significantly more fun when you're winning than when you're losing, which I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a lot of games are like that. Uh, yeah, I think they definitely, they definitely have some things to work on besides just like making another new character. I think it's right. It seems like they could maybe take a break from that for a while. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some point where maybe there are too many characters, right? Uh, right. Because it's like, yeah, it, I mean, it, there certainly isn't a problem right now. Like, oh, there's not enough characters. I think Ash has been a really good addition, but. At the same time, what can you add to make people excited? It's new characters, right? I mean, they right. already it's, basically I mean, teased the next one, and that right. Uh, and it's not like a, but it's not like a lot of the mobas where uh, the characters are the thing you're paying for. Like I, I know Dota's yeah. not like that, uh, but but it's just like League is. And Heroes, of yeah, League is, and I, most of the rest of them are right. Like you, like you have to pay for characters in uh, Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah, I mean those are right. pretty much the three that are. Going yeah, yeah, so, but yeah. 
So it's like, it's not a thing where it's like, oh, you know, they could put a new, like one of these uh, characters into rotation for this week as the free character and stuff. And that like keeps the game interesting. It's like everyone has all of these characters and it just sort of is, uh, yeah, maybe overwhelming. And, and it's, it feels like some of the favorites are going to get left behind, which doesn't really work when all the characters are unlocked all the time, I think. So, so yeah, I, I would like to see kind of like, if it's funny because like you're already hearing some people like talk about like vanilla Overwatch. Like, oh no, we're, we're right. There yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, it's going to be it's 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 going to be interesting because clearly Blizzard wants Overwatch to be a very long term thing, and we do seem to be at this point where I mean, the only point before this I was super concerned about the game and more so is like this the Mercy meta that they right. accidentally made when they tried to nerf Mercy and instead like made her by far the strongest like character, um, and I don't think this is quite as bad as that. I mean, Br- Brigitte or whatever you say, like she's a big part of the problem. Because she's this real versatile character who is easy to play, hard to kill. She's like a healer, but is also tanky and can do a lot of damage. Uh, like something's kind of have to give there. Like I, 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 I think it's bad to nerf a character just to make them unplayable for a bit. But part of me is like, maybe we should nerf Brigetta into Oblivion for a bit and kind of just see how that how that goes. Right. Just kind of see what like fills that gap, and then and then maybe work backwards from there. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm confident that Blizzard can sort of get itself out of here. It's just like I think they need to start showing signs that uh that they can move in that direction instead of as you said, just more new characters and maps and stuff. So, so yeah, just kind of wanted to check in on it. Um, I've I've been playing two things. Um, more Hitman. I'll get to that in a second. I I was uh, trying to catch up on some stuff for Game of the Year, and so I picked up this uh Bad North uh strategy game for the Switch. Um, it's like this, it's like a one screen sort of strategy game. Every, everything happens on the screen in front of you. It's these tiny little maps and you control up to like four units. And, uh, with these four units, you need to just fend off, uh, incoming attackers who are coming on boats onto your Island. Um, and they just come in waves and you just need to make sure your, you know, th- these guys are in the right position and you could upgrade them over time to either be like pikemen or swordsmen or boat, you know, bow and arrow. And um, it's just a matter of, you know, positioning them right so they take the least amount of damage and do the most amount of defense. And I, I like it. It's not as um, addictive and sort of like right up my alley as something like Into the Breach. I was about to say, um, I feel like gonna, this is going to be easily compared to Into the Breach. Right. And, you know, and it's real time where Into the Breach is um, is, is turn-based. But those are that's like, like the, the major big difference. And those are two different kinds of play experiences. But the um, the idea of like having a strategy game all on one screen with like a you know very limited number of units and the maps take less than five minutes, um, all that stuff is gonna be yeah very comparable to Into the Breach. And you know if I had to pick one, I would I would definitely pick Into the Breach. But it, you know that doesn't mean that Bad North is by any uh, means bad. It's just um it's just not as sticky. Yeah, it's just not as sticky. As, you know, it's good North. Sticky North wasn't as good a game, uh, name. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know, but I think they messed up. I would have gone with Sticky North. Um, and then I, uh, we did the elusive target in Hitman yeah, 2. Yeah, fun. Yeah, that was, it was a good time. I had you come in there and like, kind of coach me through it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I also was doing some, like, escalation missions and stuff. So these are, like, just, like, the live service aspects of Hitman 2. And, um, uh, the elusive target w- was, of course, Sean Bean. And they had, like, a big setup for it where he's, like, this, guy, this character called the Undying. Because they sent someone to kill him a bunch of times, and they did, but he keeps coming back, <laughs> which is, of course, you know, a reference to Sean Bean dying in every movie he's in. Um, so some clever stuff there. Um, very sort of like uh, uh, winking and, no- and nodding at the audience and stuff, which I uh, I appreciate. 
Uh, and, and, you know, the mission itself was really fun. I think I had a really good sort of uh, satisfying uh, luck of the draw kill where I sort of, I set it up so a robot would kill him uh, by shooting at someone else and was just kind of hoping that Sean Bean would walk between the two of them at the right time, and he did, and it was, like, really, really great to watch in the moment. Um, all of that is up on the site, uh, gamespeed.com, if you guys want to watch that. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the Escalation Missions, which are, uh, these are for the, the Hitman 1 maps, um, but they are also really good. It's These are the things where, in the first round of the Escalation, you are doing, um, like, a pretty basic thing. Like, just go kill these people with this weapon. And then, on the second round, you have to do all that stuff again, but they add a new layer on top of it, and that sort of... Just it escalates. Kind of exactly. And then, by the end, it's like, okay, now you have to, uh, kill those people, but also kill all of their guards but also don't get spotted and don't kill anyone who's not one of these targets. So it's like, it's very complicated by the end, but you've done so much of the practice that you could sort of see like, here's the path to do exactly that. And yeah. So you've got that cool. groundhog day thing working for you at that point. Exactly. Um, I'm really hoping that those, the, those escalations come to the Hitman two maps real soon, because I, I'm really enjoying that. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that's going to do it for what we've been playing. We should probably just get into the news Let's and do it. get through this week. So do that. All right, time for some news, everybody. All right, so first up, uh, we had the NPD report from October. Um, Mike, do you have the, the rundown in front of you? I can have it in front of me. Yeah, go ahead and get it in front of you. So um, the, the big, I mean, the big thing is, is we had Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption 2 come out last month. So it was a very, very big month for video game sales. Uh, software sales alone uh, were double that of October 2017. Um, like it was up, I think it was up 109%. So it was a huge amount. Um, I, I, I don't know. Mike, let me know when you have this open. I, was I have it open. Sort of. Oh, it's there. Can you, can you run down the top 20 for me? Top 20 in October 2018 are 1. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. 2. Red Dead Redemption 2. 3. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 4. NBA 2K19. 5. Super Mario Party. 6. Soul Calibur 6. 7. FIFA 19. 8. Marvel Spider-Man. 9, Madden, NFL 19, 10, WWE, 2K19, 11, Forza Horizon 4, 12, LEGO DC Supervillains, 13, My Hero 1's Justice, that's the My Hero Academia game, 14, The Shadow of the Tomb Raider, 15, Mario Kart 8, 16, Grand Theft Auto 5, 17, Super Mario Odyssey, 18, Diablo 3, back on there because of the Switch release, 19, Breath of the Wild, 20, NHL 19. Yeah, so, I mean, not too many surprises, and I think, like, right there at the top, like, it's like, okay, uh, it was either going to be Call of Duty or Red Dead. Call of Duty came out on top. Uh, I guess it's important to point out Red Dead had fewer days on the on these charts. It had, like, nine days of sales, and I think uh, Call of Duty had something closer to, like, 20 or something like that. Hey, where's Mega um, Man? What the heck? Yeah, you're right. Mega Man 11's just not on this. I wonder if that just sold mostly digitally and Capcom doesn't share that. I don't know. I mean, I assumed it sold mostly digitally, but I don't know. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't remember if MPD tracks Capcom digitally or not. I have no idea what expectations are for a Mega Man game in 2018 anyway. So. Yeah, but I, you would hope it would, like, do all right. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I would certainly hope it would chart. I love Mega Man, yeah. but uh, who knows what that means. Yeah. Uh, but Call of Duty did come out on top of Red Dead. Call of Duty um, doesn't include PC sales, which I, I think was pretty significant for this Call of Duty. So it might sort of even out slightly, uh, considering Red Dead came out later in the month. Um, I would imagine those games are pretty close to one another once you sort of line them up. Um, 
uh, well, you know, if you were to take nine days of Call of Duty sales and nine days of Red Dead. Um, but but yeah, uh, that's uh, kind of the, the big story of the month. It's just how well those games did and, and just sort of it, the trickle down for the rest of the industry was really noticeable. So um, for hardware, uh, hardware was kind of up across the board for the big consoles. Nintendo Switch is actually still having some pretty tough comparisons, which <coughs> makes sense because... You know, what did it have last year? Zelda and Mario, and it doesn't have anything like that this year. But uh, here's what uh, MPD analyst Matt Piscatella has said about hardware. Hardware spending in October 2018 grew 26% when compared to a year ago to $300 million. Significant gains in spending on both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One hardware were offset by declines across all other platforms. So PlayStation 4 and Xbox One were both up. PlayStation 4 was the number one selling console for the month, in t- both in terms of dollars and in uh, units. Um, and, and, and this is one, like, the, I think one of the major takeaways. PlayStation 4 is just really continuing to grow year over year. Uh, here, here's more Matt. Uh, PlayStation 4 hardware unit sales achieved an all-time October high for the platform, while PlayStation 4 hardware dollar sales reached its highest point for an October month t- since October 2014. So... Even though the average price of the PlayStation 4 is uh, getting, you know, it, it's you know trending down just because there's always going to be better deals, uh, the amount of money they're making from this is kind of skyrocketing back up because they're selling more hardware. Um, and then uh, this was the uh, the highest unit sales for PlayStation 4 for a PlayStation console since October 2002 with the PlayStation 2. So uh, better replace that thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I God, I don't know what what Sony's thinking with that. Um, I, I yeah. Still, I, I, yeah, it's crazy. I still find it weird that, like, I understand people are talking about PlayStation 5. I find it weirder that fewer people aren't acknowledging that PlayStation 4 sales are, like, at an all-time high. I mean, I, I think people just aren't, they just don't even pay attention to this part of it. Um, and, and, you know, and on Twitter yesterday, Matt Piscatella of MPD Group was out there saying, console, like, the console sort of trend as we know it uh, doesn't apply anymore at all. The um, The Xbox One is having like one of its best years ever this year. And and like, it's like what it will, when it's done, this will be its sixth year on the market. Um, And then, you know, PlayStation four, you know, PlayStation four as well. Uh, Like just across the board, they are doing super well. And it's not just because, you know, you know, people are excited about it. It's because those half, half step consoles really did do what they were supposed to do and reinvigorate sales, keep the price relatively high. Uh, They just, it sounds like they worked. So, Trying to apply any sort of old model to what is happening now is just not going to make no sense. So when people say, well, this is normally when a console cycle ends, it's like, I mean, the only answer to that is, so what? Like, that has no bearing on reality anymore. So, um, you know, and it's not, that doesn't mean like, oh, we, we do know what's going to happen. The point is, is that no one really knows. And I think that goes, that goes to uh, including Microsoft and Sony. I think they're just as, com- as confused as everyone else about when they should sort of make this next step. So, I mean, the, the, thing, the one reason why I think maybe like, yeah, we'll still get the PlayStation 5 relatively soon is because they don't know what to do. So they're just going to do what like they used to do. Right. right? Yeah. And I think I, I think a lot of this is going to be driven by like sort of anxiety. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fear and like responding to like players being like um, sort of antsy about they're not being uh, about Sony not being at E3. It's like, well, people are like, well, that means PlayStation 5 is coming soon. And Sony's like, oh, is that what that means? Oh, okay. Um, I guess so. And I, I could see them sort of um, overreacting to to the what to expectations in certain ways. But at the same time, I mean, I think 
when it comes down to it, they're just going to do what's best for their bottom line. And right now, what's best for their bottom line would be not to release the PlayStation 5 anytime too soon. Uh, same with Xbox 2. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be our ongoing story for a while now and until like they start talking about them in really concrete ways. And then at that point, we'll be like, okay, now we have a good idea of when this stuff's going to happen. Until then, it just feels so confusing and mysterious. Um, but it, I think that does it for MPD. Um, again, the, the story was, yes, Call of Duty and Red Dead still sell very well. Um, yeah, they, I mean, apparently they're both already the number one and number two best-selling games of the year, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, in yeah, one month? Yeah, and that's, not, um, that's not too unheard of. Like, Destiny 2 did that last year when it came yeah. out and stuff like that. Uh, but it just shows that, like, yeah, these games performed as expected and then some. Um, and so, yeah, it, it certainly does kind of drive home. Like, the Switch thing here is interesting because we kind of thought this was going to happen, but... Like their their debut software was just so insane that they really right. haven't had too much this year until now with Pokemon and then with Smash after that. I mean, right. their I, biggest I game has been Mario Party, which probably shouldn't be your biggest game. No, it shouldn't be. Um, I, I still think that with Pokemon and Super Smash Brothers, Nintendo could end up like up year over year. Like by when, when it's all said and done, just from these last two months, last three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, because those those games are just so big, and if Pokemon just picks up like the way it seems like it is, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna make a huge dent in uh, that comparison year over year. Um, okay, so just a few more headlines we're gonna get into. We probably won't talk too much about these because uh, it is Thanksgiving week, and it's okay if we do a shorter episode. Um, so this first one is uh, from Brad Sams at Therat.com. Um, he's saying that Microsoft is gonna build a diskless Xbox One for uh, release in 2019. Um, how does that sound to you, Mike? Sure. That sounds, that sounds reasonable. Now, I, I will say that I'm pretty sure Brad Sams has done this exact rumor before. Well, I think uh, I thought the last rumor was that when the next Xbox launches, it's going to have a disc version and a non-disc version. Yeah. He, this he, is he, saying he, that there will be an Xbox one version like next year. Yeah. He, he's done that too, but he did one. Oh, I remember we talked about it on the show. This was a little bit longer ago where he said there's going to be a, um, an, an Xbox One Roku equivalent, where it was going to be like a discless little puck that was an Xbox One that sit on sits under your TV and it plays all the games, uh, but it comes with a remote and stuff like that, and it will it will be like a big way to like access Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that never came to pass. That was like one of the um, things that was going to come out alongside Xbox One X. He said, and that didn't happen. Um, but I, that doesn't mean like he got a lot, he gets a lot of other stuff right. So I think and, and none of that stuff that he got wrong is necessarily wrong. It's just probably Microsoft is working on this stuff and it and they don't actually decide to like go to market at that time. So you so, know some things about hardware. How, how much do you think like a company would save by not having a disk drive in a system? Like how much money is that? So probably not as much as you would think from like not including the the disk drive itself. So the disk drive is probably. Uh, you know, that, that component may be $10, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less. Um, uh, there's definitely like licenses uh, associated with using Blu-ray discs and they wouldn't have to pay that anymore. Um, but I, I think that the bigger thing here is that they could really sh- re- like reduce the size of the packaging and the system itself. And you could put more Xbox ones on a ship and then on shelves. If they were like, if the box itself was like half the size And like that, you know, that adds up like saving a ton of space in like warehouse rentals 
and stuff like that. That could add up over time if they are expecting to sell a ton of these. Um, if you know, so and also just reducing the size means they can reduce the price and like just for a bunch of other reasons as well because they're lighter and you can ship them easier and stuff like that as well. So if they can like also reduce the price uh, that, that they're selling this for, and uh, you know, along with all the other benefits of having a smaller console, maybe that's where like they're seeing the the benefit there. Um, that said, most people buy their games on discs still. So um, yeah, I mean, like I think it's getting closer to 50, 50, 50 but most people still buy their games on disc. So, I, I mean... There's, I mean, honestly, I can't tell you the last time I think I put an Xbox One Oh, disc. yeah, I don't. Although, my, our situation is a little bit different because, like, we're literally being sent codes, right? For sure. But, like, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd buy discs anymore, even if I wasn't doing that. Um, maybe here and there. But for the most part, I would want to do digital. Um, but, that you know, that's us. Uh, and I think most people are, are still, like, you know... I want discs because then I could sell them. I could trade them. Um, I like st- like having stuff on the shelves or whatever. That's just what I've always done. Um, I can get better deals because I know like how to shop better for discs. The digital store is very rigid in, in its pricing. So, yeah, I, I think I mean this isn't going to like replace anything. It, I think it's just going to be a if it does come out, it'll just be like a smaller option on the side uh, for you know a smaller group of people. And yeah, I. I I wouldn't be surprised though if it also it doesn't ever come out and this is just sort of something that they're playing with and then it gets canned for a potential potential like discos version of the next Xbox alone. So yeah. Um okay. Last few headlines. Um Valve is discontinuing discontinuing the Steam link. Um how devastated uh, are you? Uh, I have one. I see <laughs> I, have one I see a lot of people talking about how this thing's great. I've never I don't I don't like it. It's done nothing for me. It's um I like it when it when it works, uh, but sure. like, but like my my computer's just far enough away, and it, I don't have like the wired uh, Wi-Fi or wired um, internet throughout my home, so I have to go like one of the either one side has to be Wi-Fi or the other side has to be Wi-Fi, and in that situation, it's like uh, it works okay some of the time. Um, I would, but yeah. at, at the same point, I'm like, I also just like have like a media PC that I've built now that like runs my Plex server, and it can also run games, and it's connected to my TV downstairs. And I think, I, I mean, I could also st- either play games directly on that or stream games through Steam using that. So it's like, ah, I already have this, like, other better Steam link, so I'm not going to use this anymore. I would sure love to know just, like, what uh, what Valve thinks about their venture into hardware. Like, what do they actually think about that? What were the conversations they had about how did that go? I yeah. mean, they're done now, right? It seems. Right, clearly. Like they're done with it. Uh, I mean, the hardware they're still making is like I think they're involved with like the the Steam VR hardware stuff, but even that's made by HTC mostly. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I I think it's it's a bummer. Like that thing was cool. I think uh, I I would be interested to see if they're going to come back to hardware at any, at any point in the future. It still just seems like they. It still seems not to me that they didn't just make a Steam machine. Yeah. Yeah, I understand why, I, like, I think, I, even philosoph- if they did, I think it's philosophically, clear that it, it seemed, yeah, but I think it would have been a lot easier to, I don't know, like, I don't want to say you would could almost trick people into thinking of it as, like, a new console, but it certainly would have seemed right. more exciting like that, I don't know. No, you're right, it would have been, it would have mattered more than what it ended up mattering, which was not at all, it just didn't, it didn't matter what they actually ended up doing with that. Um, alright, story number four, Civilization Six: Gathering Storm, tell me all about it, Mike. Um, there's, 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 there's rain that kills you. 
Ah, so, so it's like civilization rain that kills you apparently didn't uh, <laughs> fly, but I, I liked that one too. That's a really good name. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a mod for this game that just all it does is change the title screen to that rain that kills you. Um, <laughs> now it's um so the the big thing is natural disasters, and it's kind of it's not like the SimCity model where like a natural disaster will kind of just come and like randomly destroy everything. Um, like th these will be things like volcanoes erupting or uh, a river overflowing, um, you know things like that. Uh, you'll have some idea of when they're going to happen. Like, there's still a random number generator there, but you'll have, like, idea like, hey, there's some, you know, seismic activity at this volcano. And you also impact it di directly by, you know, having a lot of, like, emissions and, you know, global warming right. uh, related things. So, right. I think like, a lot of, like, the number, the random number generator goes up based on if you are playing irresponsibly. Yeah. And, like, some civilizations will deal with them better. Like, the Russians will. Um, like they won't be affected by like a snowstorm kind of a thing, right? Well, like their enemies will yeah. be. Those motherfuckers love the cold. They love it, apparently. dude. Yeah, just, yeah. Enough, uh, enough vodka. They don't care anymore. The, the other really interesting thing here, and this this was a feature in Civ Five, is the kind of World Council or something. It's the United Nations for them, right? Uh, and so like you can kind of do things like this is where you can kind of request aid following a natural disaster, but it also opens up another victory route in the game. Like before, you can get scientific victory, military victory. Uh, this is now you get the diplomatic victory, and it's like it's kind of securing enough votes in this thing. I think to kind of declare yourself the leader of it or whatever. Right. And then, then you yeah, and and, and 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 this is not something where it's just like you can't just like pay another civilization like one time. It's like a it takes uh, active uh, sort of play towards that victory. Right. Like over you kind of gain goodwill. You gain a vote from another thing. Like if you aid them when they fall under a natural disaster, right? Then they'll give you a vote. Right, and you have right? to keep at it over time, yeah. Exactly. Right. So, it's yeah, I think that's kind of, that sounds interesting. It sounds like a kind of victory path I would be all about. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, and it, it seems like it plays right into, like, the other stuff they're doing here. Um, they, they also seemed really conscious of, and, you know, we talked to this a, a little bit, but they seem really conscious of, like, people being concerned about it just being, like, something completely out of their hands, out of their control. It's like, oh, just for no reason, uh, a, a Godzilla is stomping through my city or whatever. And it feels unfair. And, and they definitely, they definitely are trying to balance that. And they said, we have learned from past games where that has been a problem and applied those lessons. So I, I, I'm glad that they are trying to do more random stuff, uh, because I think maybe that is the weakness of Civ where it's like, they they were berated so much in the past for having stuff that felt like randomness that, and, and people hated it. So they, they've really been scared away from trying that stuff. So to make a whole expansion based on that concept and to figure out a way to like sort of balance each side of it where it's like there is randomness, but you also you influence it. So, you know, just adjust your strategy accordingly and you should be fine. And it's like, OK, that's interesting and sounds like a really compelling addition to what Civilization Six has become. So I'm uh, definitely interested in checking this out. Um, a few weeks back. Uh, this is story number five now. A few weeks back, we talked about how Ubisoft was getting in trouble with fans because they were mad at them because they were going to change the game to uh, deal with um, Chinese regulations. And they just wanted to have one version of the game, so they were going to change it everywhere. They were going to take out, like, there was, like, these um, slot machine cosmetic things on the walls of certain levels. They are going to take that out because you can't have references to gambling in China. But now people got so mad and sort of so butthurt about this that Ubisoft's like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're going to just run a different version in China, and that'll be that. Are you? Uh, 
it's weird how I simultaneously feel like, man, people get too mad. But also, I'm like, ah, getting mad clearly works. Yeah, no, clearly, yeah, you're right. No, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, people need to, like, chill out, but it's like, okay, but it also is, like, seems like the best way to accomplish their means, or their, their ends. That's right. It's like, it's hard so it's to, like, like uh, blame them. Right, yeah, and, and clearly, I mean, this is, like, publishers need to realize this, that they are training the audience to say, hey, getting mad at us works, and... I mean, to a certain point, like that—that's the way it should work, right? But um, like, I guess you would wish that, like, they would be able to just recognize like constructive criticism and be able to take that into account, even if it wasn't from an angry mob, right? But right, exactly. It's never really like that. That would be way more. That would be. I would be way more comfortable with that. Um, But you know, it just it obviously there's like, what's the financial incentive of making this big change unless like people seem so upset about it that they're going to stop playing our game. And that's kind of what it shakes down to. And now it's, it's kind of devolved into this real awkward relationship. Yes. Yes, it is. It feels, it's uncomfortable. Like a Thanksgiving family dinner is what it feels like. They would always say that. It always makes me feel bad. I like my family. We don't get along fine. It's a stereotypical Thanksgiving family dinner. Oh. Um, (laughs) All right. And then final story. Activision is going to uh, evaluate going forward whether to add subtitles to Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you what. This was man. a dumb thing. If freaking Red Dead Redemption 2 with as much dialogue as it has can have subtitles, like Spyro, like, there's not many spoken words there, you know? And it's right. Activision Blizzard. Somebody right. could have typed the goddamn words out. And uh, let, let's be clear. No one's saying that this is uh, easy. We understand that games are like sort of this... Um, dynamic system where, where anything can happen, but... But wouldn't it be nice if people play your game? Right, yeah. yeah. Activision's reasoning was like, oh, there's no like industry st- standard for this. And I kind of don't know what that means. Like, okay, I think it means they're not no legally industry- obliged to? Yeah, but there's no industry standard for having a dragon in your game, and yet somehow you got a dragon in your game. Like, what are you saying? Like, just do the thing. Just do it. Everyone else does. There are so many games that just have this, including many Activision Blizzard games. Uh, I just, yeah. So to save a buck, to, you know, again, be exclusionary, uh, and then to play it off, like it's something like that's like not really your fault. It's such a great collection. Like these remakes are fantastic. It's great that they would kind of just like allow this to happen. And I play every game with subtitles on because like... Oh, me too. Yeah, like I, I want to be able to read just in case I miss a word. Or, and well, because some of these know, games it's good, have... it's good for you. Like it's really good for your brain to like be reading along okay. with spoken dialogue. Yeah, it's like a really healthy thing. Well, so many games like the dialogue is like you know, uh, what's that? It's like ambient or like it's like right far, far, far the way you can't hear it. So like exactly, yeah, I turn subtitles on so I actually read things or people are speaking funny or mumbly. Oh, I always turn subtitles on. Yeah, so it's just a a bizarre, bizarre thing. Um, yeah, and hopefully they evaluate and decide. Uh, we should just do this. I, I, I guess Crash Bandicoot, their trilogy, that trilogy didn't have it either. either I think so. yeah, those games probably had even le- fewer <laughs> cutscenes though, so it might have gone less noticed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What a bummer. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they, they do. Pro- I'm they, sure. Well, people are mad, so they will. Yeah, good point. <laughs> All right, so. Um, if you get mad at us, let us know, and we'll change everything about ourselves because we just want you guys to be happy. Mike won't. Mike's going to stand for. I like that you're still um, Jeff Tits on Twitter. I wrote this on here a long time ago. I know, yeah, yeah, on our uh, on our Google Doc for the thing where it's like where we're supposed to say what's up. Uh, my it was Twitter a recurring gag where I Jeff changed Tits. it, and then we just settled yeah. on Jeff Tits for a yeah. while. 
That's a good one, though. Um, all right, Mike, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Wait, wait, hang on. I hit the wrong button. Wait, I hit the wrong outro. All right, there we go. There you go. Play the Christmas music, darn it. Hey, you see, there's another Christmas uh, video gamey album. Dylan North did another song for it. Oh, really? No, yeah. I missed that. I'll I think he just did, like, a, a video game version of, like, Silver Bells or something. Like, I don't know if it's from a video game this time. Well, that'd be it's cool. on this album. I'll, uh, I'll look into it. Maybe we can uh, switch up it, some yeah. of the music in here. Yeah. Listen to Dylan North's music. It's good. Uh... All right, you can uh, find me at Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. Uh, I'm always ready on GamesBeat. I had my card reveal from Hearthstone Book today. Today was also the 20th anniversary of uh, Operating Time, so I wrote about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, and that's that. Enjoy uh, the holiday, everybody. And I am uh, Jeff Rubb, or... Uh, I, I think you lowered your own volume while you tried to lower the music volume. I can't even hear you. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, just, just, just part of it. That's what I can't do. Now the music's loud and you are. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> uh, if you're talking, I can't hear you at all now. <laughs> alright, alright, wait, I, I know how to There you go, there you go! This. You're back! No, no, the game, the music's still gonna be too loud, I think. Hang on, let me, uh. <laughs> I'm really good at this. This is a great outro. Yeah, we're professional. Yeah. Alright. That should be better. Yeah, you could just go, Mike. You could just... I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Have a terrible Thanksgiving. I, I will not, because I actually like my family. Ha, huh, like <laughs> that, everybody. That hurts, man. I'm a millennial. I don't like my family. I have Friendsgiving instead. Suck it! <laughs> I'm a good son. <laughs> um, I'm Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I am uh, YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Glub. Glub. Jeffrey Grubb, you can get me on there. Uh, see my, um, I actually did uh, some Hitman multiplayer, and I put that on there. Uh, We're gonna have to get actually, to that at some point. Yes, once you start playing Hitman Two, let's definitely get. I, I beat the second to last mission last night at Hitman One. Okay, good. Uh, the, the, I think the uh, the last one on there is pretty good. But Hitman Two's levels are all so great, though. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely give that a shot, and we will probably play that on maybe twitch.tv slash gamesbeat, or, Jeff D- or twitch.tv slash Grub, which is where I did my multiplayer Hitman 2 uh, this past week. Um, so yeah, still gonna, still gonna be trying to stream on there quite a bit. I've been doing more of it recently. I got Comcast out to fix my internet, and I think, I'm pretty sure Comcast is gaslighting me, Mike. Um, I thought I paid for 10 megabits per second up, and I could have swore I had that, and then like, now they're like, oh no, it's five megabits. I'm like, no, I could, I never would have gone down to five. It had to have at least been ten. So I don't know, but I can't remember because I have a terrible memory. So they're either gaslighting me or I just made a mistake. Um, I'm gonna go with gaslighting though. That seems more fair. Okay. I don't know what that phrase means. At this point, I'm afraid to ask. Don't 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 explain it. That wasn't an invitation. Yeah, I, no, that's the that, that's exactly what it means. Is that yeah? When you're too afraid to ask. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, be real safe if you go out this week. This weekend, uh, I'll go out. I'm gonna go out on Black Friday because I actually enjoy it. I like being like this calm person in the middle of chaos. Be the calm person in the middle of chaos, everybody, and enjoy your family and all that stuff and your friendsgiving. Bye. Bye.